For the Peterson Automotive Museum, this is Car Stories. My name is AJ, and I'd like to thank everybody who's been listening to new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes. We have a new episode for you every Tuesday on iTunes and at Peterson.org. Today, we are joined with Matt Crook. He is the he is the co-owner of 1552 Wheels, some of the coolest and I would say most popular wheel designs going on right now in the automotive aftermarket. So I'm very excited to talk to you. Uh, and figure out how you got from where you started to now. Uh, yeah. So we'll go back to the very beginning for you. What is your earliest automotive memory? All right. Thanks, AJ. Um, earliest memory? It's actually a toughie. I mean, I remember uh, I remember getting into my dad's 73 Camaro, which he still has. Um, bought it brand new in 73. And uh, that was kind of my that was kind of the early hot rod days where my dad would be taking me to uh, to daycare. And um, I'd always be excited to get in the back seat. And uh, I remember sitting at daycare, and I could—I always remember—I could see him drive by. I knew it was time to pick me up because I could hear his exhaust go by on the freeway. Yeah. And then I'd see him come back around and pick me up. And uh, yeah, it was either that or, or or my grandfather had a '59 Corvette. He bought brand new, still has it, um, all white, red interior, and uh, he painted it, repainted it, did all the interior himself. He actually swapped the engine out to a newer Corvette engine put his into his speedboat and um yeah i've kind of just always been stuck around automotive things uh mainly american cars and then of course i was the black sheep and got really really heavy into the european cars so. well growing up and uh you you came up around all these american cars and it sounds like you've got some great lineage of uh american cars in your family what made you sort of flock to the european stuff i guess i mean i i, al- I always enjoyed the, the European cars, the styling. Um, I always wanted a Porsche, you know. I mean, it was kind of just like that that thing that uh, just got me really excited when I was young. And and uh, the entry level thing was Volkswagens. So, mm-hmm. um, and back then, my business partner Brad, uh, when I first started getting into it, owned VW Sport. And VW Sport was um, kind of like a partner business with Audi Sport, and that was Joe Hoppen. Joe Hoppen was very big in motorsport back in the day. Um, Can-Am, Porsche, he brought a lot of the different things here to the U.S. Um, and uh, Brad was kind of doing that and doing the whole Volkswagen side. So I was in high school um, on the computers looking up what Brad, now my current business partner, was doing back then. And um, it's kind of interesting, you know. Uh, Brad, Brad's done amazing things in the past. And I guess you could say it's kind of like, you're kind of like now like, uh, you know, one, one of the guitar players for your favorite brand when you were in high school, I guess you could say. So it's kind of funny. You know, I wasn't necessarily the founder of 1552, but of course now I'm the co-owner with Brad. And uh, it's, it's been very fun and a very interesting ride. Um, well, how did you guys meet? Because it is funny you say, you know, you're the guitar player in your favorite band because especially in, in the automotive world, you know, you might meet somebody who is very impressive to you. Right. And nobody else. And it's not, he might not make more money than you. You might right. not be. But for some reason, you were reading about him as a kid. You yep. you follow his work. You're a fan of his work. And then when they meet you, and then you know if they happen to know you, you go, well, why do you know me? How do you right. know? So it is funny that in, in this world, there are those people that to anyone else, they're just regular people to us. We, right. So how, how did you and Brad first get hooked well, up? Well, when I was 16 years old, so um, 
before I, I well, I didn't graduate high school, which I'm planning on doing that. I guess my, my girlfriend wants me to do that. So I'm going to do that. And, uh, but, uh, before, um, I didn't graduate high school. So I was 16. I was working in a, in a company called Tuning Zubohor, which is tuning accessories in German. So at 16, I was pretty much at that point almost running the company here in the U.S. stateside. And we were importing things from Germany. So as uh, VW Sport had then changed to 1552 Design um, for different issues just because the name VW and such. But the name had changed. And um, I was doing my thing. Brad was doing his. And, and things kind of converged in the Volkswagen scene, um, going from one style to the next as things were changing. And so me and Brad had always talked and Brad always told me that, you know, Hey, I want to hire you. I'm going to hire you. I'm like, I'm not moving to Florida. <laughs> so, uh, I guess in the end, I've known, I've known Brad since the nineties and, um, over the years, you know, he's done his things. I've done mine. And it just kind of came to the time where, um, we got together and joined, joined forces and kind of, uh, built, 1552 kind of what it is today and were you a designer by trade before were you into design very much so yeah i mean i've always been into aesthetics um in any case from architecture uh you know fashion everything i mean I've, I, after the automotive industry in 2006 i went into the music industry i played in my own bands managed a bunch of different bands then went into the fashion industry uh did like high-end denim menswear collections things like that and then from there hopped back into the automotive industry um so i've kind of bounced around a lot owned a few different companies um and that's interesting you've never really had any formal training in design no, not specifically. No, I mean I've I've always drawn. I, I actually applied to go to art center, and I was planning on doing that. But then I found that uh, even working for someone else in terms of doing design would be very difficult for me. Um, and I kind of just led myself into you know doing what I want to do. Um, yeah, I guess I've just never been afraid of failure. So for me, it's always been a thing where it's just kind of go out and see what you can do you know now how did 1552 because when i was doing some research i was impressed you guys have been around since 06 uh actually 96 or 96 yeah this is our this is to this year is our 20 year anniversary yeah, 20 years and i feel like in the last maybe four mm -hmm. uh i can't you know i i've been in a cars you know since the early you know since i was a child but right following you know the aftermarket scene since the late 90s early 2000s right um and and this is no offense to you no i've heard of every wheel brand in the world right i never heard of you guys pre maybe 2013 right um, well i, I so guess how did how did how did the whole 1552 come about i guess the big thing is see back back in the day from 99, 1996 to 2009 uh the company was mainly a tuner so uh, it, it kind of evolved, did different things and everything. And Brad, you know, uh, took it in many different ways, all, all very awesome ways. Um, but uh, it used to be, like I said, VW Sport, focusing on Volkswagen, Audi tuning. Um, then it kind of went in, did a lot of BMW tuning, big turbos, fabrication. So you guys were um, a performance shop. Basically a performance shop. And we also supplied a lot of our own stuff, imported a lot of things. But, yeah, it was a variation of all different things. Um, when I came on board in 2010, I was already helping Brad come up with the snowflake wheel. And the snowflake was basically a retro modern version, I guess you could say of the old GTI rabbit wheel from 1984. Um, that was also plus one. So it was all of a sudden a 15 by eight instead of a 14 by six. So now you could actually do a plus one in your rabbit still stay very OEM, but you've got like kind of a hot rotted rabbit, I guess you could say. So that was Brad's entry into the, into the wheel world. Um, from there, I was going to start my own shop. We talked, we partnered, and decided to go much more uh, harder into the motorsport route. That's what we're, we're 
inspired by all the classic stuff. That's what we love. We just love motorsport and race cars. So for us, it was in the direction that we went and we started moving that direction. So from there, it was just taking it step from Ken Block to Magnus Walker and all these things. But, you know, even more so than just business, these people are our friends. We live life with Ken, with, with Magnus, with all these people. It's more than just a business relationship. Yeah. You know, we really focus on family and the community around us. And that's, that's really what keeps us going. It's not just the cars, but of course, but the people that, that surround them. So, well, now how did you get on, um, Magnus and especially Ken Block's radar? Because, you know, those are two of the biggest people in the you know in the youtube sphere of right. automotive world yeah. and their videos are getting hundreds of millions of views and your wheels are on both of their cars right yeah i mean uh with ken you know it's really funny a lot of it comes back to volkswagen tuning um you know uh i've known brian scotto well uh, marketing director brand manager at hoonigan who used to be ken's um manager there uh, marketing manager at Hoonigan Racing. I've known him since the 90s. We're all Volkswagen guys. Matt Tosillo is one of, is one of Ken's main guys. He's a Volkswagen guy, one of the good friends of our wheel engineer. Grew up together. Um, Alex Gelsomino, who was Ken's co-driver, was my old customer when I used to work back there. I mean, you look go back, it's all incestuous. It's ridiculous yeah. how all this works. And uh, we created the Tarmac wheel, which is uh, inspired by many of the Group B as well as DTM wheels, you know, from back in the day. Uh, and it kind of led one thing to another and Ken's, Ken said, we love this. We need to do this. We, we love this wheel. Let's do it. And we move forward. And from there, it's kind of just been a history. I mean, uh, Ken loves what we do. We love doing stuff with Ken and it's just, we're just friends now. We spend a lot of time together. We talk, we start on new projects. We try and do special things for Ken. So it, it's just become a lot of fun and kind of a very natural thing. Um, with Magnus, it was literally, I was sitting on my couch and I heard a flat six outside my door and I opened my door right to the street and there's two seven seven sitting there just before um urban outlaw had been released and you know guy looked like rob zombie sitting in there yeah. and i'm like this is very interesting He's you the, know the least suspecting very much so you know and i walk up and you know hi how you doing it's magnus you know and all of a sudden hey there you he is spot you know on magnus impression by yeah the way. yeah we talk a lot so i, I definitely <laughs> yeah. got the magnus down um but yeah he's there and uh we start talking and uh we just hit it off, you know, became good friends. And, and what I like so much about 1552 is the designs mm -hmm. because they are very unique to your brand. You can recognize your wheel without having to see your logo, but they also have a very OEM look to them. Right. Um, they don't look like heavily modified or customized wheels. And they, they draw, like you said, with the DTM and the Group B, you kind of go, that's got a little fuke in it. That's got a little, you know, 80s Mercedes. Uh, that's got a little 70s Datsun in it. Yep. Uh, where are you? Are you constantly seeking new inspiration? And, and where are you looking to when you first start with a new design on a wheel? Uh, always. I mean, we've got so many designs in the back of our heads already. You know, um, for us, it's all about minimal design. You know, it's very similar to, you know, many of the old school design styles, whether it's mid-century modern or Bauhaus, very, out, you know, it's it's very 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 simple very cool design but it's very proportionally correct for us it's more about accentuating the details of the wheels um and taking away the things that shouldn't be there um so like the tarmac is literally like some people say oh yeah you guys make the five spoke wheel 
you know, because literally all it is is just a five-spoke wheel. I mean, yeah. literally, you probably couldn't get any more simple than that. But proportionally speaking, um, and the way that, that, that we try to make the wheel, uh, it just fits, and it works. And it works on a car from the 1970s, and it works on a car that's brand new off the showroom floor. So um, a lot of our inspiration does come from wheels from the past because, let's face it, you can't reinvent the wheel. It's impossible. And if you do, nobody's going to want to run that wheel, you know? Um, so at this point, it's it's a matter of drawing inspiration, and we're very honest with our inspiration too. From our wheels, we're not trying to hide things or replicate things. You know, our inspiration is very obvious, but it's also very obvious that our wheels are that much different, and the design and the style is very much 1552. So uh, we we definitely go about it in a different way. Um, you know, which sometimes helps us because of a certain niche, but also hurts us because it's not necessarily the the, the status quo. Um, so it's. It's a tough one, but in the end, as long as we enjoy what we're putting out and, you know, we're able to, you know, eat our ramen, we're, we're good, you know, so. And do you find yourself thinking of the design and then trying to find a car to fit it? Or do you see a car that speaks to you and you go, I need to make some wheels for that? Um, that's an interesting question, I because guess. Because, you know, there's, there's Euro wheels that don't work well on, you know, 80s Japanese cars. Right. Uh, and, you know, and poor stuff might not look good uh, or, you know, Honda stuff might not look good on Volkswagen right. or, or poor stuff. So there is sort of generation, you know, do you ever have a wheel where you go, I just can't find the right car this works on? Or do you look at a new Mustang or, an, you know, an old Rabbit and go, it's you know, or an probably, old Audi and go, I need to create wheels thinking of this car in mind. It's probably more about the car, I guess you could say. But I think even more so than that, it's about the feeling and the emotion um, behind the whole idea for that season, I guess, or where we're at in life. Um, just like musicians have different albums that come out that sound slightly different, but of course it's still them. You know, Tom York with Radiohead, you know, it's got so many different sounds, but of course it's still going to be Tom York. You know, you're still going to have his voice. You're still going to have that Radiohead feel. Um, but it's very similar to ourselves, I guess you could say, and not comparing ourselves or putting us on the same level as Radiohead. But, you know, with what we're doing with wheels, I mean, it's just like the cars that I own, you know, I've got a 190, you know, 2.316 valve that I'm doing an Evo one conversion on. Right. So at that point, and even right now, I'm still trying to finish that car. I'm just geeked out on DTM wheels. So for yeah. me, a turbo Mac and a tarmac, you know, just is perfect. I, that's the wheel that I want on the car. And the cool thing is they're so simple. I never get bored of the wheels. You know, I've been making tar we've been making tarmacs now for almost four years, five years. Mm -hmm. And I'm still not bored of the wheel. I still get excited about putting tarmacs on a car. Uh, but there again, like, I'm doing an RSR clone right now, a 964 kind of tribute car mm -hmm. as well. Um, but that car, of course, right now, like, I, I don't necessarily have a wheel yet that that, that I'm happy with in my head um, that's going to fit my concept for the project. So um, my ideas and things like that. So, yeah, so I guess it would come like, okay, now I need to figure out a wheel to put on that car. So is that how you come with a new line? You're going, I've yeah. got this RSR. Right. I haven't found a wheel I like. I need to go create my own. Right. Or just even just the, just not even, maybe, and it may not even be building the car, but we just, we may just really, really be into a 70s NASCAR craze, you know, or, or something that's going on, or a Trans Am, you know, thing. Like my dad's car, we're building, you know, he has a 73. We're going to be redoing that and doing some stuff on it. And so now I'm looking at more and more Trans Am cars, you know, from that era, 60s and 70s, and I'm just, 
this is awesome. I'm getting excited about it. And then, of course, that leads to new inspiration, new wheel design, stuff like that, as well as taking cues and things like that that are going on in the, in the world of contemporary wheel design because you have to stay relevant within certain aspects. You can't just look back to the past and not bring anything here to the future or you'll be stuck in the past. You know, So we're not trying to basically create wheels just for those cars, but do things that transcend the years of vehicles uh, that we're selling to. So whether it be a 1970s car or 2016 uh, it still works. You know, I think that's what, that's what's exciting. You see the, uh, Ken Block did the Ford Focus RS for, uh, for SEMA. It looked beautiful on tarmacs, but I can have a 1987 Mercedes, you know, 2.360 valve on, on tarmacs and it looks completely beautiful. So it's trying to figure out a wheel that actually transcends those lines, which mm -hmm. is the hardest part, but also the most fun. So do you ever find yourself in love with a design and you just can't find the right placement for it? Um, of course. I mean, there's so many wheel companies out there right now that are doing such amazing things. I mean, like there's wheels out there that I just, I really enjoy. There's a lot of creative people well, who, out there. Who are some of the other brands you really respect? Um, you know, it's hard because then it's, you know, you're, you're picking, you're picking different things. I mean, you know, of course, like BBS, it's always been amazing. I mean, HRE does great things. Um, new wheel companies, you know, uh, Pocal, there's so many different new wheel companies that are coming out, which is really exciting to see, um, because they really do put effort into the design. They do different things. Um, you know, another company livery, there was a bunch of different wheel companies that are coming out yeah. and it's really exciting to see, um, all this stuff, but not necessarily all of those things fit within our genre of design. Well, you know, it, the, the, you know, everyone has referred to a set of wheels as a pair of shoes, mm -hmm. but it, it really is. You can have a great-looking pair of Nikes that look terrible with a suit. Of course. And you can have some Bruno Maglis that won't work with your jeans. Exactly. I mean, it's it's the, you know, and I, I don't know. I, going on your website, I'm looking at the car, and you know, I have a Corolla and a, a Focus. Nice. And I'm going, I love that design, but would it look good on my car? Right. Uh, do you guys find people coming to you a lot going, I want to buy these wheels, but I'm not sure how it's going to look, or I have an Aventador. Right. Can you guys do something for me? Or, of course. You know, is it a lot of back and forth like that? It is. I mean, sometimes people have like the idea already in their head. They know what they want. This is what they want to do. It's done, whatever. Some people are very much confused. They're, what do I do? I love your design. I love your brand. What can I do? Yeah. You know, I've got this car. Well, and we've got guys with 308s, you know, Ferrari 308s, Porsches. I mean, Ford Fiestas, like old Volvos. I mean, so many different cars. And it's great because we can kind of fit and tune different things for those people but of course they're looking for their car to be styled a certain way which is cohesive you know with our with our brand it kind of yeah they want to be fitted uh with 1552 wheels because it, they want to embody what the brand is and what that feeling is um so we enjoy that stuff um but yes it's it's very different but we also that's why we made an app on our iphone it's called instarim and you can basically pick and choose all of the wheels that we have oh, really take a picture of your car and it shares it to instagram you can kind of have fun with that mm -hmm. and, and we have a new version coming out here next month which will actually have every one of our cast wheels and forged wheels and a few different fun little things on there and um that kind of helps because people can't really see that stuff some people don't necessarily have the mind for that and we've got friends that can pick out the most amazing beautiful things but if you gave them 40 grand to build a car they just they might pick the most amazing parts but it's putting it together you know it's like being, being a baker, you don't want to just, you know, just because you love strawberries and steak and, you know, nutmeg and chocolate, you don't just throw it all into a pie because you like those things. You've got to figure out what pie you want to, you know, bake first. Yeah. So it's kind of a very similar thing. But we do help a lot of people. We, we build Ford, uh, cars for Ford, Volkswagen, Audi, uh, a lot of OE companies, Chevy, a bunch of different companies we've done. Uh, we work with 
uh, other partners with Hyundai, a bunch of different companies styling and helping build these cars for them um, to help take them to the enthusiast market. So uh, outside of wheels, we do a lot of actual automotive builds and concept, uh, you know, kind of cars, I guess you could say. Are you ever worried that uh, something might not hold up in the next five years? Because we have, there's such iconic body kits going on right now and flares and fenders and very stylized for all sorts of different cars. And who knows, maybe in five years, time will not be kind to the Liberty Walks and the Rocket Bunnies of the world. But right. do you take that in consideration? Are you trying to make a wheel that looks, that is the most cutting edge for right now? Or do you want something in two decades, the next designers will go, right. you know, those tarmac wheels are pretty neat. Let's That's, use a little bit of that in our design. And we've always done that. You know, our focus has always been to, if the wheels look cool now, we want them to look cool in 25 years. And we want them to look cool like they could have, they could be 25 years old now. Okay. Uh, but that's why I have a lot of respect for these new wheel companies, whether it be like ADV1 or different different wheel companies that are doing such gnarly, crazy designs that uh, I look at and, and um, you know, we all talk about. I mean, it's it's impressive what some of these machines can do and how, how complicated the designs are and everything. And it's nuts. It's just not necessarily for us right now. And those may go down as classics as well. I have no idea. But our focus is really to create the most minimalist, simple designs um, that just look good. And you can keep them on your car for five years and they don't get boring. You know, um, It's the details that many of the street rodders and, and people, even like Rod Emery with his Porsches, Outlaws, and things like that that he does, it's so understated that you don't notice the things, the small Easter eggs and all the details for so long and they finally pop out to, at you later and those are the fun things it's not in your face it's so subtle that it becomes beautiful yeah and it's i, I think i was talking with jonathan ward of icon about this you know the the biggest compliment and criticism he probably ever gets on his cars is you know after two years and 250 grand they look at it and they go so what'd you do to it yep they, awesome. they go okay it's a really nice you know fj but what did you do to it and he goes you didn't have a car here before. There was nothing. I built this. You yeah. Know, so, and that's definitely what the Rod Emery's and the singers of the world is. It it looks like an old Mercedes wheel, or yeah. it looks like a, a an old BMW or BBS wheel. They don't realize all the little massaging and the fine tuning you yeah. have to do. And, and I like how you keep talking about the cohesiveness of the brand because you you have built a brand on 1552. It's not. I don't think people just think of it as a wheel company, but more of this lifestyle. Yeah. Um, are you guys going into, and you've done a little bit already, more body kits, um, you know, T-shirt design, clothing, apparel? Uh, we, we, you know, it's funny. As far as styling and stuff, we don't necessarily aren't looking to do that stuff. Uh, as a giant part of our business. But it's more like if we build a cool car with a company that's doing something, we'll launch some products and have some fun with it because we want to see those cars get out there. Because I mean, cause I could see fun. a 1552 retail store on Melrose or on Fairfax, right. like, you know, with the Supremes and the, and the Crooks and Castles of the world, that brand kind of could fit right in there. And do you, and you don't, do you ever think it could evolve into something larger than, um, very, than where you're at now? Very much so. I mean, we're doing, you know, we have coast, we have our little coaster kits, we have t-shirts, we're, you know, a bunch of different new apparels coming out. We are launching that stuff and it's going to be really, really fun. Um, you know, it, it's much more of a lifestyle brand, even more so than it is wheels. And that's what we really focus on doing. It's all, you know, if we call it the five, two family and we always mess around with that and we have fun with it, but it truly is. It's more of a family thing than anything. It's not necessarily, um, 
you know, some hype, cool, whatever thing that we're trying to create. It's like, no, we want this to last. We want people to remember it and something that they actually find a home in, you know. Uh, and, and there's some really neat things going on right now. We're actually working with, um, with a dealership in Sarasota Ford, which is where Brad is from. And Brad's, um, Brad's actually doing, you know, he's doing great there. He's moving forward. And we're actually working with this dealership. And um, it's the first of many. Uh, and we're actually offering Focus STs, Fiesta STs, Focus RSs, and Mustang EcoBoost as a full 1552 package. So full styling wheels, Mound Tune is doing all the tuning. So the car mm-hmm. is actually coming off the showroom floor with our full wheels, you know, mud flaps, full like everything that we have going on, uh, interior pieces, shift knobs, you know, a fully built car by us that you can basically finance and take home. Uh, so it's really cool. It's the first of many to roll out that we're actually going to have cars on the showroom floor, much like Roush or Saline or any of those people. Um, it is. It's like the know. Saline of a, yeah. you know, of a new generation because, yep. you know, it's, it's so, so many people are just, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like just tuning is back. I feel like it went away for a yeah. while. Um, and people were just not as crazed with the aftermarket. Well, it was a lot of show stuff. For yeah. a very long time, and it's still there. But the nice thing about that we're finding uh, with Ford right now uh, is that um, one, it's still European. That Ford Focus and the Ford Fiesta is a European car through and through. Yeah, you know, and uh, the EcoBoost Mustang, hey, that's a European car as far as we're concerned. You know, uh, so so we're having a lot of fun with those cars. But the people in the community. I mean, they're doing me wrong. There's a lot of show cars. And we even built three cars with Ken and Ford. And we did, I don't know if you ever saw that project. Uh, we did the Traxster, the Stance car, mm-hmm. and Ken Block's Daily Driver. And we show, kind of showcased the conservative build, the show car build, and the race car weekend warrior build. Um, but that kind of rounds out the Ford community. But I would say it's actually heavier on the performance side. Kind of what I remember from the 90s, even in the Volkswagen scene, there was a lot more performance stuff. You want strut bars. You want sway bars. Yeah. You want the and and it, then it, it, it morphed into you need 9,000 pounds of fiberglass in your trunk and right. TVs in every door panel. Right. And then it died for about five years, I yep. feel like. And now it's sort of back to that basics of I need a classic look. Yep. But I need something that can perform as well as it looks. And that's where Ford is just excelling from supercars all the way down to the Ford Fiesta. I mean, it's just pure fun right now. So we're in a, we're in a really good place. We're in a super happy place because we have tons of fun with Magnus, tons of fun with Ken. And in terms of the cars and the community that we have around us, like we couldn't be happier. You know, we're, we're very, very blessed in terms of what we're doing. And, um, you know, we, we, we love the people that we live life with as a company. So it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's really good. We have a 2017 Ford GT upstairs. Beautiful. There's had to have been something in the back of your head already, or maybe you bringing up to Ford going, I could create something for this. Very much so. I mean, we've already had talks with Ken about that stuff and, and um, so many different ideas and stuff like that. Whether they come to fruition or not is another thing. But yeah, I mean, I've got ideas for millions of cars, um, but that, that, that car is definitely beautiful. And they've done a fantastic job of... of uh, just kind of taking it to the next level, yeah. you know, as well as kind of changing people's minds with that EcoBoost engine and everything. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun to see that stuff go through. And I think that because Ford's done that, um, even the guys with the Fiestas can be even more proud to, to, to own oh, that yeah. stuff, you know? I mean, even at the lowest level, it's, there's, there's bleed, there's, it bleeds all the way through. So it's, and this might be really the first good. time people don't want the eight cylinder Mustang, you know, yeah. it, it used to just be, oh, that was the girl's car. Yeah, you know, that was the high school girl got the six cylinder. You always wanted the V eight. Now it's no, I kind of want that turbo four. Our partner BC uh, from BC Moto, you know, he just put down a nine hundred one wheel horsepower out of the two point three EcoBoost. 
you know, um, and the Mustang. So not that that's a daily daily drive, drive drivable horsepower, no. but, but 901 horsepower of that, and BC it's, does Yeah, and do an engine that small, it's, it's insane. It is insane. It's crazy. But to know that that's capable of producing that type of power is exciting. And um, I think there's a really bright future ahead for, for tuning as long as the government doesn't shut it down. But um, we're, we're excited. You know, so many different things happening, and we're kind of uh, we're accepting of, of everything. You know, where things go, but we we just don't want to forget the past. I think that's the biggest thing, and because um, it just makes us laugh. I mean, you see guys, um, you know, you see guys all of a sudden replicating liveries of the past. Yeah. You know? But the young kids are like, "Oh, cool sticker job!" And then you see somebody post a picture of an actual, uh, you know, a Jägermeister, you know, nine thirty five or 934 from uh, Amelia Island or something, and the kid goes, oh, look at all these cars replicating your livery. It's like, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, no. He, he replicated that one. That's actually, that's, 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 that's a real race car from, from the 70s. That's, yeah, that's hey, not, hey, this gas station yeah. picked the same uh, orange and blue as you. Yeah, you know, it's, but the way it's going, people aren't educated enough sometimes. Um, and because everything's so quick and everything's so, like, just yeah. impulsive on the internet – People are led to believe things that necessarily aren't true, um, just because of the hype that maybe surrounds one certain car or this or that. So it's 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 just very it's a, a very interesting time that we live in because back in the day, you wouldn't see a car for three months after it came out in Europe. You know, a really cool race car, a show car, somebody's race car. You'd see it on the track, wonder whose it was, yeah. and you'd see pictures and try and figure it out. Now that while he's driving it on the racetrack for the first time, everybody in the world's watching it. You know, it's it's the mystery is kind of gone, but at the same time. Um, it's exciting because you can see those things so quickly. But I think education is like the next thing that people really need. But that's the cool thing about the Peterson Auto Museum is there is so much education here. And that's why people really should be here learning and seeing these cars and really understanding why there's a Calder car in there, or what art cars are sitting in here to know the history behind why the companies are doing what they're doing now, um, which will then lead to more cool things in the future. So with what we do at 1552, it's very much the same. You know, our inspiration comes from the cars sitting here in this museum. So for us, it's it's uh, it's almost our duty to kind of continue these things so that even our brand itself can flourish because that's where our passion lies. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming in. If anyone here listening has not seen these wheels, um, some of the most stylistic yet understated designs probably out there today visit 15 f-i-f-t-e-e-n 52.com it's 1552.com and matt crook thank you so much for coming in thank you aj appreciate it